Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Now you're very welcome back. So according to a story published by David Ornstein in The Athletic, Liverpool Football Club is for sale. It would seem, uh, well, Fenway uh, Sports Group has produced a sales deck, which is to be used as part of presentations for any interested buyers. Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley assisting the evaluation process. Uh, Following the publication of that athletic story, which was picked up worldwide, FSG released a statement. It admitted the club was open to accepting new shareholders, but also it never said the club was for sale as a whole. And they said FSG remains fully committed to the success of Liverpool both on and off the pitch. So not totally clear cut, it must be said. Matt Slater, senior football news reporter at The Athletic is with us. Hey, Matt. Hi, how are you? Always great to have you on the show. Is Liverpool for sale? Yeah, they are. Okay. <laughs> Simple answer. Uh, but as you've set up in your, in your question, uh, there's for sale and for sale, right? So you could argue that they've been for sale for some time. In, in the sense that these guys like Liverpool, they don't love it. I think John W. Henry loves the Boston Red Sox and it's quite a large syndicate. It's quite a large ownership group. Um, and um, keeping them all on the same page is, 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 is a challenge. Um, but yeah, if someone was to walk through the door and offer them, offer them a big number for, for, their, for their soccer team, they take it. And what's, I think, you know, moved on is that it's not just that stranger walking through the door. They are wondering if maybe they should try and entice a stranger through the door by appointing two very large banks, Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley, and putting together what's called a deck, which is basically a sales brochure. Um, it's a bit more than a few sheets of paper. It's a quite an involved document. Um, so this this is, I would argue, the beginning of the end. Mm. Bought for three hundred million pounds, being valued at in excess of four billion dollars. Yep, yeah, yeah, I see that Forbes have got them about there, and the valuing of football clubs is is really hard. And you know, there's lots of people have had a crack at coming up with formulas, normally based on some sort of multiple of revenue. But so much of it is benchmarking. You just kind of look around at your peer group. You look at what the last club went for and you sort of think, well, I'll be bigger. I'll be smaller. Has the market moved on a bit? Where's the next TV deal coming? How are we positioned globally? Um, so the last obvious one is is Chelsea. And that was two and a half billion. Now, that, that was perceived to be pretty good for Chelsea, given how far they'd come in 20 years with Abramovich's money challenges around their stadium, the fact they've been a, a loss-making club, basically, un, under him. Um, and not every year, but, but you know, by and large, he'd, he'd sunk a lot of money into that club. Um, and people were, I think, most people, most neutrals, I imagine there's some Chelsea fans will be telling me what am I on about, that Liverpool are a bigger club with a bigger global fan base. Mm-hmm. They're not in London. Okay, that, there's, a, there's a London premium. But their stadium, I think, you know, Liverpool Stadium is in better shape. But then there are swings and roundabouts there as well in that you can charge a lot more for tickets in London. You can certainly charge a lot more for for boxes in London. So, And you get that kind of football tourist in London. You get them at Liverpool too. So, look, I think there are kind of, you know, the swings and roundabouts with with how you, how you value Liverpool against Chelsea. 
from what I hear today, Liverpool would be a little bit more than Chelsea. Three billion quid, three and a half billion. That's that that I think is where where this might land. And then of course, are they selling all of Liverpool? So that's the other thing. I you know, these whispers have been out there for a while. Mm. They they Family Sports Group sold uh, sold eleven percent of the business. 19, 20 months ago to Redbird Capital. That, of course, was the whole business. Of course, Fenway Sports Group also owned the Boston Red Sox and they own uh, a TV network in Northeast uh, US. They, With that money, they then went out and bought an NHL team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that valued the business at uh, more like half a billion. But, of course, that was for the Red Sox and the Penguins too. So, you know... Hmm. Uh, the rationale as to why now is quite interesting. Now, if you know why John Henry and FSG are selling for sure, then please interrupt me. But so if you don't, some of the theories range from, for instance, a text from a listener, John, interest rates were low for the last 10 years, no money to be made in cash. Now rates are rising. Cash is about to be king again. Hence, FSG looking to offload, says one texter. Another point be, which has been made is that Having really, uh, Matt, you would have to say, almost run this club as efficiently and well as it could possibly be run, still, still Manchester City and their gazillions have trumped Liverpool. And so there's a sense of, well, we're just going to have to see the writings on the wall here. Uh, or even, you know, billionaires are not in the habit of making grovelling apologies to fan bases and the fallout from the European Super League uh, left a mark which uh, never quite faded. What's your sense of why now? Well, I, I quite like those theories. I'm going to run through them and, and why there are bits of them that I like and bits that I don't. So, so the interest rate one is interesting. Uh, There's no pun intended there, sorry. But in, <laughs> but in many ways, the, the the sort of sensible money is that now now is not the time to sell, right? That maybe they should have sold a year ago um, towards the top of the cycle. Uh, now is not a great time to sell because because money is getting more expensive. And we're possibly entering, you know, well, it looks like we are in a in a in a global recession. So perhaps not a great time to sell. Uh, maybe you want to hold, uh, or I mean, or you sell a snake to to sort of you know help yourself out. You know, get you know cash and chips in. Um, the grovelling apology thing. I think they got through that, and I think Liverpool fans have been quite forgiving because of the success, because of the fact that. Family Sports Group as owners have made capital investments, not just in the training grounds, but actually in the stadium as well. And I was there last week and, you know, you can see the work going on at the Anfield Road end already. You know, the, the sort of steel framework is there. So, you know, they are, they are, they put their money where their mouth is. I mean, maybe not as much as Liverpool fans, but how, how do you satisfy football fans these days? There's always another player you can buy. So um, I think the grovelling apology thing, I'm not so sure about. I can't remember all of the other the other ones. Almost there was another, uh, there was a good one. The, the main one was almost a recognition that we couldn't have done much a yes. better job over the last ten years, and still, yeah. still, it's Man City. Well, I, I think that one's probably the best of those. In that um, we're talking about private equity guys, so there's always a sort of cycle of private equity money, and they've they've owned the club for I think for twelve years now. Yeah. Um, they've had about so you think when Klopp came that was 2015 so sort of 7 years that's that's a bit of a natural private equity cycle right there um they bought them for they, they were a distressed asset the liverpool were in real trouble when they when they when they bought them hicks and Gillette, the previous american owners had you know almost driven them into off a cliff so they've taken them from 300 million to we were talking about 3 billion weren't we so there's a massive return on investment there it, is this a good time 
So I think I, 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 that that cycle, that sort of sense of, well, we tried the European Super League, that got slammed. Yeah. Um, you know, that that was the sort of kind of really kind of take us to that next step. How how much bigger can we get? You know, the team obviously needs a bit of a refresh. We're still spending money at the stadium. That takes it to sixty one thousand. Could it get much bigger? How much more can we charge for tickets in Liverpool? That those those questions I think make sense. But then on the flip side, you look at valuations for sports franchise, particularly the really, really big ones on both sides of the Atlantic, they're still climbing. Mm. And whilst you and I might be heading into a recession, um, the thing is there aren't well, there aren't they're not making that many more really, really famous sports teams. They're certainly not in the States. There's a finite number there. There's a finite number of the really, really stellar names in European football. But they are still making billionaires. The billionaire class are still doing quite well. So these guys, and particularly for this for this sort of group of clubs that that have genuine global appeal. So you know the fashion at the moment is 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 US. That's where the money is. It, not that long ago, it was oligarchs and Chinese and sovereign wealth funds. They're out there. They are out there for clubs like Liverpool. They will always be suitors. So. Um, I've talked talk myself now into this is an amazing idea and, you know, yes. But I, I think there are still lots of questions about this. But um, but Liverpool will, people will want to buy Liverpool, mm. even, even at that high, high number. I was watching Ben Chilwell pull his hamstring and then carried the tunnel. And he was practically dead. Yeah, she's 20, I passed away. That, that, that word was used. Oh, it's, it's a tragedy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Uh, which raises then the very interesting question as to who might be allowed to buy Liverpool. Uh, the Wild West quality to Premier League takeovers, I think, maybe has come to an end given the outcry after Newcastle. So say there's Chinese money interested. I'm trying to think of what Petro states are still without a football club. And presumably there'll be plenty of American investment funds interested. Will a petro state with a dodgy human rights record be allowed to take over Liverpool? Well, that's a really good question. So, so, so my hunch would be, or if I was to think about this first, and I and I and I have been in what order I would go, I'd look at the losers from the Chelsea um, process uh, and anyone else that was kind of mentioned in that, because because those are your those are your rich American rich American groups. Who have said, yeah, we, we I quite like an EPL team. Um, so Harris Blitzer, of course, already owned shares at Crystal Palace. Uh, Paliuka, uh, Steve Paliuka, who's the guy that owns the Boston Celtics. I think there's quite a lot of parallels there. Celtics, Liverpool, in terms of the franchises, mm. um, and they he knows some guys in the FSG group. Uh, Ricketts, the guys that own the Chicago Cubs. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, Woody Johnson that owns the giant, the New York Jets. There, there are there are these names that keep coming up that they are. If it's Spurs, was it Chelsea? The next club, the next club that comes up in the Premier League. These are the guys you want to be phoning. So I think park those for a bit. Sovereign wealth funds. Well, Bahrain has been mooted. Um, perhaps another one in the UAE, so Dubai. Of course, Dubai did have a look at Liverpool a few years ago. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think the thing think about Liverpool, of course, is the fa- is the fan base and and um, you know how they would 
take that sort of ownership, particularly as they have become quite vocal and they, they've set themselves almost against Newcastle and Man City. So that would require a bit of a handbrake turn mm. on, the, on the part of the whole club, really, culturally. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to see if, if, that, if that was to come to pass. I, 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 I don't know. It doesn't seem a great fit to me. No. Um, China, China, forget China for a bit. They are totally focused on China. Chinese money is not interested in, in spending money outside of China at the moment. So, so I think it's America. Unless there's another very very wealthy Asian Asian buyer out there, and, and like I said, Liverpool are very attractive, and Liverpool, a bit like Man United, uh, have been very very popular around the world for a long time. Mm. So that means billionaires who tend to be sort of sixty seventy years of age, like Liverpool. Yeah, it is going to be interesting what reception uh, the new buyer gets from fans because the American investment group well politically they may be more acceptable uh, they do come uh, front and centre with the message that we're here to make money and we don't have any emotional attachment to your club uh, were Bahrain to turn up with gazillions and say we are going to turn you guys into the Harlem Globetrotters uh, I, I think it, it, it's such an interesting question Liverpool fans uh, have had a certain um, uh, I, I don't know what uh, engagement know what with the, the, the politics <laughs> yeah. beyond football and, and pride themselves on it I think and pride themselves yep. on a sense of community and, and pride themselves on values it would be quite something to uh, see them uh, wearing the headscarves uh, a la the Newcastle fans on, on uh, you know inaugural day of the new regime it's hard to imagine from this vantage point but then again gazillions are gazillions indeed look yeah. No, Newcastle's a left leaning city too um Liverpool's famous sort of you know, sort of trade unions. Of course, there's a you know, spirit of Shankly. Um, it, it does seem a weird cultural fit to me. And I think one of the things about Newcastle, of course, is that it was very much an opposition to the previous owner. Yeah. You know, they, they hated Ashley so much. And the entire city and region felt, felt a bit left behind and, and ignored. Similar arguments in Liverpool, of course. But... Um, my sports group have been pretty good owners, mm. so there isn't this sort of like we are we're, we we've been ignored, we've been badly run, we we just we're just looking for a savior. I don't I don't think Liverpool fans, you know, I I wouldn't have much time for them if that's what they were saying, mm. frankly, as a as a neutral here, and they're not. So fine. So I yeah I I I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I I just sense this is you know Americans selling to Americans. I know it's a bit easy. Yeah. Uh, they've hired Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. I, I just I just think that's where this is going. They they sold a stake to Redbird, Jerry Cardinale, who's another you know guy based on the East Coast, only 19, 20 months ago. I, I think we're we're talking about that. I think we I think it's a sort of another Chelsea process. Yeah. But of course that there was some very unique things about the Chelsea process in that there was a you know a genuine deadline. Um this 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 I think could take a little bit longer. Okay. Listen, Matt, brilliant. Great to get your analysis and all that. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Cheers. Matt Slater there from The Athletic. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.